0: Hello and welcome to the Estate Planners Podcast. My name is Anthony Brinkman and this is the place for will writers, estate planners and solicitors that are interested in learning the tips, tools and technicalities to best help their clients. This is episode 14 entitled, What Does It Mean to Own Something? Today's episode is rather a lot more philosophical than I'd originally intended it to be. We're going to look at the subject of ownership of property and what it means to own something. And whilst it is a little bit abstract, there is a practical application of this information, so stick with it. I looked into this subject some years ago and got sucked down the rabbit hole of research and went way beyond where I thought it was going to go. I didn't really do much with that research at the time beyond writing a short article, but I have found that having conducted that research and gained a better appreciation of what it means to own something, I've been able to help clients and fellow estate planners to grasp some aspects of our services that might otherwise have been quite difficult. I'm sure you've been there with a client when you've attempted to explain something like a property protection trust. And a few minutes into that explanation, you'll realise that you've, you've lost them. You try to find out what they don't understand. You explain it differently, but that just further confuses them and it all goes to pot and the client concludes it's all just too complicated. So let's do a simple will instead. Or have you ever tried to present a lifetime trust to somebody, particularly where they're considering putting their main residence in trust, and they seem to run up against a psychological or an emotional barrier to not owning their home outright? Their attachment to their home and the prospect of not owning it in their own name simply Blinds them from implementing what might actually be a very logical and rational solution to their estate planning problems. Well, a better appreciation of today's topic might well help you to help your client get to grips with what they need to understand in order to make a rational decision. Estate planning has got a great deal to do with property ownership, whether we're considering wills, lasting powers of attorney, or trusts. It can only be very, very helpful to understand the nature of ownership. So what does it mean to own something? Consider the purchasing of a motor car. You exchange money with the car dealer, and the car dealer gives you the car. The car hasn't changed fundamentally. You haven't changed. What's changed is the legal rights to the car. You now have the right to control it, to benefit from it, and to dispose of it. To control it, benefit from it, dispose of it. By control it, we mean that you can change its location in space, you can have it delivered somewhere, you can take it away, you can loan it somebody, you can store it, etc. By benefit from it, we mean that you can gain some advantage or use from it. You can show it off. You can display it. You can have your photograph taken with it. You can drive it from one place to another, etc. And by dispose of it, we mean to get rid of it, to sell it, to change the ownership to somebody else, or to destroy it. Think about the application of a lasting power of attorney For property and financial affairs and take a simple example of a donor's bank account. The attorney has the ability to control the money in that account. They have the ability to dispose of the money in that account. But they don't have the right to benefit from it. Or consider a right to reside trust. The beneficiary of that trust, the life tenant, has the right to benefit from a house by living in it but they don't have the right to dispose of it or to control it. A trust might limit a trustee's ability to dispose of a property and therefore restricts them to simply having the ability to control the property. Can you see here that we have these three elements of ownership which are particularly relevant to our profession? Here's another example. Think about your local park. You don't have the right to control that park. You can't decide that it's now going to be transformed into a housing estate. You don't have the right to dispose of it. To sell the land to another person or company. But you can benefit from it. You can walk in it. You can take photographs in it. Exercise. Play football with the kids. Same with a public beach. As you're walking along the beach one day, you notice a particularly attractive looking pebble... Do you have the right to pick that pebble up? What about the right to take it home with you? What about a rock? Let's say the size of a football. What about a dozen of those rocks? Or a thousand? Could you fill a van with those rocks? You see the point here. You can benefit from a public place in certain ways. That doesn't mean that you own that place outright, but there are certain rights that you have which mean that you kind of do own it partially. It's a public place, you are a member of the public, you have some partial rights. In essence, there is some element of ownership there. If you cross the border of that public space into land owned privately by somebody, then you immediately lose the right of benefit from that land and you have significantly less rights. And, by the way, it is illegal to take pebbles from a beach in the UK, so, yeah, don't do that. So let's turn back to estate planning. The making of a will is fundamentally about the subject of ownership, isn't it? Person A owns some property today. If Person A dies, who now owns that property? Who does Person A want to own it after he or she dies? Does anyone else have the right to claim ownership over it. What aspects of ownership would apply? When explaining a trust to a client, this can be a difficult concept for a client to grasp, especially if they have any false data on the subject. Using this understanding of ownership can help the client to get to grips with the concept of a trust much more easily. I gave the example at the beginning of this episode of a property protection trust, and I did that for a reason. I had a couple that I was seeing many years ago now, and they were a reasonably intelligent couple. They were wanting to write pretty basic wills, each to the other and then to the kids, but they were quite young, they were in their early 40s, and I thought that they should consider a property protection trust. Now, in fairness, my explanation of the concept had been a little bit ropey on that occasion. They'd interrupted the explanation quite a few times with different questions or examples that where they were trying to understand what it was that I was saying. That kind of threw me off track. And again, this was many years ago, so I hadn't quite refined my handling of clients at the time. So there I was, losing them completely in the stop and start explanation of what a trust is, what tenants in common means, what rights a trustee has, etc. And in the end, they did not go ahead with that trust. But I did learn lessons from that experience. I resolved to get a far better method of explanation and I practiced that explanation a lot to make sure that it went smoothly thereafter. But it was interesting that several years later, And after I'd understood this concept of ownership far better, that a similar situation came up with a couple that was having a great deal of difficulty getting their head around what a property protection trust was. They were hung up on the possibility that the trustees would be able to sell the house and kick the survivor of the two of them out. I picked up the cup of tea that they'd made me, and I said, let's take an example of this cup of tea, Mrs Smith. Do I own this cup? No, she said, that's my cup. Right, but you've let me enjoy the benefit of its use, and you've allowed me to control it for a period of time, haven't you? Suppose that I'd broken both of my arms, and you asked Mr Smith here to lift the cup to my lips so I could drink the tea. Well, now I'm not even controlling the cup, but I'm still benefiting from it, right? Yes, I suppose so, she said. I put my pen down on the coffee table and I said, OK, Mrs Smith, pick up that pen. She did. Now, you have hold of that pen. Does that mean that you own the pen? No, she said, that's your pen. Right. What if you wanted to write some notes as we're talking and I said that you could use my pen? Does that make it yours? No, she said. All right. All right. Well, what if I say that I'm going on holiday and I won't be needing the pen for the next couple of weeks so you can keep it until I come back and see you again after my holiday? Does that make it your pen? No, she said. Right, but you could use the pen. You could control it. You could have the benefit of it for the next two weeks. So that would be like temporarily owning the pen for two weeks, right? Yeah, I suppose so, she said. But I'd still have to give it back to you when you got back from holiday. Right, so now let's suppose that I said to you that you could use the pen for the rest of your life, but when you die, I want the pen to come back to me, or if I was dead by then, then it should be given to my son. Would you say that you now own the pen? Well, sort of, she said. Exactly, sort of. You can do whatever you want with the pen. You can use it. You can replace the ink when it runs out and continue to use it. You can keep it in a drawer and forget about it. You can frame it in a plastic case and display it on your mantelpiece. Basically, you can do whatever you want to do with that pen as if you were the owner. Except you can't sell it or give it away or get rid of it. Would you agree? Yes, I see, she said. I then pointed out a pen that Mrs Smith had. And I said, now what's the difference between that pen that you own and this pen that I say that you can benefit from for the rest of your life. She said, well, the only difference really is that I can't get rid of it, but I could use both pens. And you could see at that moment that the penny dropped. She's got a pen that she owns outright. She's got a pen that she's got the life interest of. Both pens have the same level of use and benefit, but one of them she simply can't dispose of. Good, I said. So, the same principle would apply to each half of the house. You can benefit from that half of the house in every way that you would as the outright absolute owner, except you cannot sell it and spend the money. So, that explanation helped. The physical presence of the pen, an object to focus on, that helped. And certainly, breaking down the understanding of what it means to own something into its three parts, well, that helped too. And with this breakdown of ownership in mind, we were then able to explore the merits of a trust much more easily. So just to recap on those three essential elements, we've got the control of an object, the benefit of an object, and the ability to dispose of an object. Those three elements of ownership can really help to break down an explanation of the various elements of our profession, wills, lasting powers of attorney, trusts, so that clients can much more readily grasp the concepts and even take away from some of those more emotional elements to the solutions that we can provide. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the topic is deep, it's broad and more so than most people appreciate, certainly more so than I appreciated when I first started looking into this some years ago. I've contained the subject into a relatively simple framework in order to apply these principles to estate planning and particularly to helping clients understand better what it means to own something as this can greatly assist you in doing your job. We could expand into the nature of things like intellectual property or digital assets Or franchise rights, all of which are branches off of the main trunk that we've touched upon today. And perhaps we'll look at these in a future episode. I think I need to start keeping a list of those future episode topics. I feel like I say this pretty much every episode that, yes, we'll come back to this. We'll touch on it in the future. However, for now, we'll leave this subject alone. And I certainly hope that you have found it useful. All the best until the next episode, and once again, thank you for listening.